You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Five years ago, a musical that defied convention and enchanted audiences with its simplicity and profound storytelling closed on Broadway after almost a year and a half of critical and audience acclaim, The Band's Visit. Composed by David Yazbek and written by Itmar Moses, The Band's Visit emerged from a crowded field of pop rock musicals in the 2017-2018 season as a masterpiece that transcended the contemporary Broadway norms. The dynamic duo of Yazbek and Moses crafted a musical that gave audiences a rare opportunity to immerse themselves in a narrative that embraced simplicity and emotional resonance. The Broadway gem also made waves during the 2018 Tony Awards, earning a remarkable 11 nominations and taking home 10 of them, including the coveted Best Musical. Now, it faced stiff competition from big blockbuster shows like SpongeBob SquarePants, Mean Girls, and Frozen. But the band's visit found a way to touch hearts and minds that set it apart from those mega-musicals. As we begin 2024, the Middle East is making headlines again, and is dividing people in this country and abroad. So I wanted to showcase an Arab-Israeli musical that resonated with a variety of audiences on a deeper level, exploring the complexities of human connection and bridging divides through the universal language of music. What you're about to hear is an encore presentation of Why I'll Never Make It of my 2018 interview with Jeff Tice, the associate conductor and keyboard player of the band's visit. In this exclusive conversation, we dive into the intricate world of the musical score, its unique approach to storytelling, and how it goes beyond Middle East tensions to instead focus on our shared human experiences, illustrating the power of connection that can overcome even the most profound political divisions. Join me on this journey as we revisit the timeless beauty of The Band's Visit, a musical that continues to remind us of the profound commonality that unites us all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, here we are backstage. Actually, we're back of house. Yeah, back of, of, house. of the Barrymore That's Theater right. yeah. uh, with Jeff Tice, the associate conductor of the Band's Visit. Hello. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, Thank man, you. Of course. So, Band's Visit has been nominated for eleven, eleven, 11 Tony 11. Awards. It's a nice, which, yeah, yeah, exactly. And two of those are orchestrations. Yes. And and also best score. Yes. So yeah. as a conductor of this music, what <laughs> right. is it like to uh, to play and to conduct this music on a nightly basis? Right. Uh, I've been telling so many people, well, if you've seen the show, you know that it's very still. Like there's a lot of silence in the show. And so silence, I think, I think plays a, as big of a part 
as the music in the show. Um, but like, I just, I tell people that it's sort of my hour and a half of quiet time every day. <laughs> um, there's not a whole lot of, uh, sort your sort of traditional up-tempo musical theater things. It's, yeah, it's a very mid-tempo to ballady kind of Right, yeah. yeah Say the back half it. of the show is, is very um, ballad-esque, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with you know, a little, little extra flavor thrown in there. But yeah, it's, it's very... Uh, the music, uh, you know, has been described as enrapturing and people just, I guess, just like the show itself, people have had a hard time pinning down exactly what to say about it. Well, no, well yeah, because in listening to it, you know, because David Yazbek, so there's a little bit of pop rock feel to, to, so to like, to like a those, song. So you still get those David Yazbek bass right. lines. Right. Bump, dum, yeah, right. Dum, you still dum, have that, that dum, feel. And, then, know, and can... then there's that Middle Eastern flair right. to some songs. And right. then all of a sudden, then you're into traditional like jazz ballad right yeah music. yeah so you you kind of run the gamut of a lot right. of different it's styles it's really cool which is uh, you know the thing that got me interested in musical theater really in the first place was just the pure amount of different styles that you can get your hands on and uh, this is you know klezmer and traditional arabic music is just one more to add to that list which is so great you know that we get to sort of introduce that now, is there a different style to playing that kind of music? Obviously, it sounds different to our Western ears, but is there a style, is there a feel to it that's different? Right. I mean, as a white guy from Texas, <laughs> when they first brought me as on... As a white guy from Alabama, see, so I there know. there you go, right? Um, when they first brought me on to this project for um, The Atlantic, when we were downtown, I remember the first day that the onstage band guys came in, and I was like, what is that? And what instrument is that? And, and how is that tuned? And how is that written out? And so, I mean, I... It's really cool that the onstage guys really a lot of their expertise in this style. I mean, Yazbek would write, you know, the melodies and and have sort of a structure that he wanted, and and then the guys would just sort of go to town on it. And our music director Andrea Grody also uh, arranged a lot of things together. And then, but it was it was amazing at sort of how collaborative the whole process was. Yeah, it was a, a Yazbek idea that flourished with all these other. Minds right. and players getting into exactly, it. yeah. And the guys would be playing, and they would say, you know, traditionally we would do something more like this, and then they would play it for Yazbek, and he would say, oh, I like components of that, but our Western ear is going to expect something else. So, like a good example of that is in the concert at the very end, during the percussion solo, there's um, a 16-bar percussion solo, and eight bars of that is just the percussion by itself. And then the back half, the back eight bars of that is uh, everybody in the band goes dun-dun while the percussion keeps playing. guys in the band would say, well, you know, if we all do those hits, bum bum, like that's not something that would traditionally be done. And Yazbek said, well, yeah, but our Western ears are going to want to hear, to have something to latch onto. Yeah, the Broadway musical audience is going to need Right, that. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it does. It adds a little bit of variety and a little bit of anticipation to that, to the end of that percussion solo so that you're like, oh, something's coming. Something's about to happen. Something new. And then we go back into the return of the... I was reading a lot of what other people were saying. And, and one of my favorite quotes was from an audience member who came and said, this is a show for humans who know how to feel. And so obviously there is a lot that comes to the audience or kind of washes over the audience throughout this show. Absolutely. I mean, I knew it was so special when... We were downtown rehearsing. Uh, we were rehearsing at Manhattan Theater Club for the Atlantic production, and 
uh, Andrea, the music director, said, I want you to go. We were in just one of those little rooms, and she said, I want you to go sit on the other side of the room and just, you know, take notes, you know, because mm. she was playing at the piano. And um, so I went to the other side of the room, and we ran the whole show. This was towards the end of the rehearsal process. And just like so many of my friends have said, like, it sneaks up on you, and at the end, you are so emotionally affected by it, and you can't describe describe why and so at, at the end of the run Andrea and I would get together and she would say so what notes do you have and I would say well about halfway through I just stopped taking notes because I was just completely mesmerized <laughs> mm. and you know I would you know be emotionally affected and I would just say you know what like this is there's something really special about this and I can't put my finger on it and still I really can't it's it's it just affects people and because of that human level I mean it's it's a story that we may not be familiar with in terms of um, any kind of political goings on or, or dealings in that part of the world, but just sort of the theme of like, we're all brothers and yeah, we're we, all in this world together, we're all in this world together. And we should all take care of each other. If there's somebody in need, like you should do what you know, offer whatever you have to help them out. And so something, yeah, very universal about that. Cause in, in last year's season, there was a similar show come from away, which is that very same theme of, bringing people in who are there unexpectedly. Exactly. And I've, I've in, in a very quick elevator pitch way, I've sort of described to other people that we're the Arabic come from away. There's definitely not as much choreography and right. there's not as much sort of high energy in, in, at times. You know, it's, so it's a very subdued Arabic come from away. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and speaking of which, I mean, that is one thing that definitely sets Bands Visit apart from the other nominees for Best Musical. They're big and flashy. They have big names behind right, them. Not, exactly. not only the titles themselves are known and have been in the public for a long time, but Bands Visit is so different from that, and it's kind of this sleeper musical that just keeps going, and people... As you said, they don't know why they feel the way they do, but they just want more of it. Right, exactly. There was a Washington Post article about that said something like, the band's visit, the little musical that could, or something, you know? And so, yeah, yeah and I mean, while those other shows are known quantities to the public, they're, you know, they have name recognition, they have brand recognition already, and they are based on movies or TV shows in, in, term, in case of, like, Spongebob. But we were also based on a movie, which right. a lot of people don't realize. Which I didn't realize until I started reading up on it. I was like, oh, this is based on a movie, too. Exactly. And, yeah. and when I was brought on, I, I didn't realize that it was a movie either. And, and I found um, you, know, you couldn't stream it anywhere. You know, so I had, <laughs> yeah. you know, I went back to the dark days and, like, ordered a physical copy of Look it off you. Amazon. Wow. I know, wow. right? <laughs> and, um, and so when I first watched it, just a couple of weeks out before we started rehearsals, I was just like, how is this a musical? Because I was thinking in terms of like Mean Girls or SpongeBob or, or you know, something high energy, right. you know, a tap number, you know, a kick line, you know, stuff like that. And I, w I watched the original Israeli movie that it's based on and I just thought... It, where's the kick line going to go, you know? Right. Yeah, <laughs> where's the big production number? Where's the big production number? And there's not. We don't have one, hmm. um, which I think is really cool. And, and uh, our, our producer, Oren Wolf, also talked a lot about when we, the feel he wanted to set up when you first walked into the theater. I mean, we're, we're on 47th Street right off of Times Square. You know, we're right across from Waitress. Yeah. But, you know, the hustle and bustle right outside the door, and then you walk in, and there's, you know, music... It, just so, solo lines of our guys in the band just um and they said they wanted it to be like sort of a prayer from the minaret sort of you know like like a, a solo violin sort of slow and just winding and that uh our amazing george abood plays and he's he's so incredible but 
it really sets the tone for the show. You know, you walk in from the hustle and bustle outside and you hear this, these sort of haunting, sweet, prayer-like melodies um, with the pre-show music and you sit down and, you know, and, the, and even the projection that's happening on the scrim, you know, before it starts. Yeah. Um, is sort you know has sort of like way like sort of a wave sort of feel to it almost like a mirage you know yeah and um so so really just kind of okay put the city aside right put the city let, aside. let go of your day yeah and now you're in this yeah, is a quiet you're in this world this yeah. is a quiet which like i said you know going back to what i said before this is this is like a a dedicated quiet time for me eight shows a week So talk about your journey with the musical. When did you start with it? Right. So there was no out-of-town tryouts or anything. And there were a lot of, I believe there were a lot of workshops before I was brought on. And that was only Andrea in terms of um, music team other than Yazbek uh, and our contractor, Dean Chernow. And they were looking for uh, an associate um, for the show. And I had worked with Dean, our contractor, a couple years ago on Lisa Strata Jones. And oh, so okay. he remembered me from that. So he gave me a call and said, would you come in and, and, you know, we'll see if you're a good fit for the show and in terms of what you'd be doing conducting wise. And, and, uh, yeah, so I came in, uh, just right before we started the Atlantic. Actually, I was up at merry-go-round, which is how we know each which other, which is how we know each yeah, other. Yeah. yeah from merry-go-round um, playhouse. And so in the interim between when you left Atlantic to when you opened here at the Barrymore, what was that process like? Was there some revisions? Was there a lot of tweaking at that there point? There was. I played for like one sort of all, one or two like all day choreography workshops where our um, choreographer Patrick McCollum got some of his friends together and we just sort of experimented with like what could be going on during Omar Sharif and you know and some other ideas that oh, he okay. wanted to Im- implement downtown, but didn't we didn't have the time or the space or you know I mean that's really all I touched on it when we were in the interim. Um, what was that with the knowledge that it was coming here to the Barrymore at that time? I didn't have that knowledge, but I think people, that, <laughs> people the, higher up, the, the muckety bucks. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I think they knew. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I wanted to believe of course that that was what was happening, but you know, in this business, you also don't want to, you know, no, you put your eggs in one you basket. Can't, you you know? can't. So you yeah. just have to keep going. Like, you know, like everything's normal. And, yeah. um, and I did, and I went back to merry-go-round and, you know, in my normal stuff but yeah so we transferred almost the entire original company and then we added our onstage percussionist um osama mm-hmm. who is actually from alexandria where the band is from in the show how about that and wow. so yeah it bringing him in just added this whole um other sort of energy and an authenticity and, and and yeah of course for sure um we didn't have that onstage percussion downtown and so it was even sort of even a quieter experience downtown mm. because there wasn't that sort of driving you know like if, if you've seen the show you, you you know he he plays so loud and so you know with such gusto and um it just really adds this whole other energy to it and how many pieces did you add going from the atlantic to here so we kept everything so i think oh, oh, downtown so we had yeah so same pieces so we had eight downtown and then we added osama which was the ninth person wow so four of us stay in the pit the whole time two keyboards bass and drums and then the other five guys from the pit split their time they're the ones in the blue suits so they split their time between down the pit and up on stage yeah and you'll know they're the 802 they're the union guys because they don't have lines <laughs> <laughs> right so they're the ones that play and don't have lines except of course for george Aboot, our violinist and and oud player he is actually an equity actor uh first and he just happened to grow up with this music and oh, his wow. father and his grandfather have played this music before him and mm-hmm. um 
And so, you know, he's was very immersed in that world already and he speaks fluently. And, um, so he has, you know, uh, scenes, um, to himself and I don't know exactly how it works, but he's half 802, half equity. Yeah. Um, so he comes down and plays in the pit with us and, and, um, then he's on stage and he just like rips these like violin solos that are just crazy. It's just like sort of this Arabic fiddling that's full of, uh, you know, micro tonal stuff and, you know, all that. So apart from the music, which was nominated, obviously a lot of the actors were the it's right. best directed. So yeah. it's it's an it's an onstage acting piece as much as it is a musical piece for sure. Absolutely, it's and, and sort of my other half of my really quick elevator pitch to people who ask what it is, I say it's more like a play. I mean, there's still a song every scene, um, but it's and now we have one of our actors warming up. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> um, yeah. But it is more like it has more of the feel of a play, and you know, uh, David Cromer, our director. Um, this is his first, well, I don't know if it's his first musical ever, but, you know, he's, you know, this is... Um, yeah, he comes from the play world. He comes from the play world, exactly. Yeah. So it really has that play sort of mentality to it, yet yeah. with a song every scene. And I think one of the great things about bringing so much of the original cast um, to the transfer is that when we started rehearsing for the transfer, we already knew what the show was. You know, we had all done it before. Right. We did a, you know, we did a table read and we were all like, oh, yeah, that that went really well <laughs> just like being back in the saddle but we but it afforded us the opportunity to really work transitions and to really dig deeper into the acting side so it's not just and and because we're a one act and because there's no production numbers it really afforded us the opportunity to really zero in on those elements on those acting play like elements absolutely um so you know we didn't have to you know devote whole days to giant production numbers, you know? So yeah, I mean, I think just all those things sort of like really worked in our favor and, and we really focused on transitions alone. I think it just, it's worth seeing the show just for the transitions. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so, and so with that work, obviously, as, as you said, it touches on some, some Middle Eastern issues that we in the West kind of hear about in the news, but we obviously don't have a firsthand experience of what right. was their idea in, in kind of bringing these, these tensions onto the stage. You know, I can't completely speak for Cromer, but the things that he said to us in rehearsal were that we don't want to make it about that. And right. our, our playwright, Itamar Moses, we, we in adapting the, the film, actually the film is not that way either. There's there's only one scene in the film where they first get to the, ca- the cafe and they're sitting at a table close to the wall and there's a little picture of a tank that's been framed on the wall and one of the guys from the band looks at it and he takes his hat off and he hangs his hat over to cover the, to cover the picture of the of the tank you know it's only as big as his hat and um, I think that's a really great sort of symbol for what you know just saying to putting that issue to rest like yeah the like, show is it's like that's there that's a given but now let's now let's talk about something deeper exactly something if, more if meaningful. you're coming in and you know that it's about a group of Israelis and a group of Egyptians you already have sort of a, a, a light understanding of what could happen you know right but that's not what the show is about so it's definitely there in the fact that in the opening scene George's character um, says and be on the lookout Ariel's character says for what and then he can't think of anything and you know and so that's sort of our way of sort so of like a hint at it right so, so yeah so so the direction really was to to steer clear of that and just deal with with these people and interacting and and, and how that humans right right exactly. and so and you know you get visually too I mean the costume design the the powder blue suits are so striking against the beige background that you already 
visually, symbolically understand that. These people are completely out they of their element. They stand out. They stand out, right? Yeah. And so you already, just on that level, you're like, wow, these this group of people is completely different from this other group of people. And um, they didn't want to make it about that. It's not about the politics. It's about the human connections. And so you see that there's a divide there. And what's the bridge? The bridge right. is our humanity. The bridge is music is a common language. And I would say that that's probably the reason why it's so different from the other three nominated for Best Musical. It is this very simple story, a very simple look at how people come together and how they interact. Apart from politics and all the other things that can divide us, but just how people come together. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really as simple as that, you know, and um, it's not much longer than the original movie. I mean, I think the movie is an hour and a half and I think we're an hour and a half and you don't want to overstay your welcome. You don't want it to keep it in the, (laughs) in the idea of the show. Yeah. You know, and so it's just a simple story and it just takes one act to tell and there's nothing, you know, at the end of the show, you can, you know, sort of if you want to continue the story on yourself in your head, you know, right. what happen- you can imagine what happens to these yeah. people. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is one way, one reason we wanted to put the concert in for this version was uh, after the bows was sort of a, it could be represented as like, you know, they got to where they were going yeah. and this is what happened, you know, and this is the, the music that they played. Yeah. Um, so in that way, you don't have to imagine like you can hear, you know, the conclusion of that part of the story, you know, yeah. but, you know, when they get back, you know, what happens does, Holland and get expelled from the band you know I mean you can feel that in yourself like his relationship with Tufik has changed the band leader his relationship with the band leader has changed over the course of the hour and a half that you're watching the show um, and it all takes place in about 24 hours yeah um, and was it like this from the beginning did people know okay we have something special this could really resonate with people I mean they knew yeah we all knew that like I said when I was in rehearsal for downtown I would just be like wow there's like there's something happening here something yeah. is really cool but you know then again you still don't know if it's going to take off with people I mean you know there's lots of things that have been small things that, that have been are, wonderful that are wonderful and very special and yeah. they don't last that long I mean look at Indecent last year you know I mean that I mean didn't they post a closing notice and then they ended up extending yeah then it's like it's like wait 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 I want to see it yeah exactly you know so it could have easily sort of gone that way you know in the sense that we were just a a little jewel that happened and then we were gone right Um, but you know I mean it's it would still be as special that way um, if it is this way you know as it is this way right it's it's so much more than just this Tony nominated show it's it's obviously got a lot of depth to it yeah absolutely yeah Thank you for joining me on this encore presentation of Why I'll Never Make It from the second season with my friend and guest, Jeff Tice. I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, in charge of writing, editing, and producing this podcast. The next season of Closing Night is a few months away, so I hope you'll enjoy more bonus episodes like these between now and then. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.